You're listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast with Allie, a fiery realtor queen, and Samantha, a gypsy wandering her way through life while navigating being a rock star woman with ADHD. Both are former teen moms of two who have faced challenging adversities. They're here to break stereotypes, get real with you about the messiness of life, and remind you that we're all just a little twisted. Welcome back to the Twisted Sisters podcast. This is Allie Engren with my co-host, Samantha Mello. We hope you had a fantastic holiday season and are starting the new year out with a bang, unless you're from Minnesota, (laughs) as it's been insane. (laughs) We've been in Snowmageddon, so today is the first day of the new year for Minnesotans, I feel like. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yes. So this is our first episode of 2023, and I thought what a better way to start it out than with someone who hits close to home for me. So I am here to introduce my personal business coach and mentor, Jen May. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Very excited. Good. So before I hand the mic over to her, I'm just going to brag about how wonderful and amazing she is. So Jen is a wife, a mother of four adult children. She brings over 25 years of real estate experience. She has built and ran top producing real estate teams, has served as a team leader of three different Keller Williams Market Centers. She has served top real estate professionals from coast to coast as a KW Maps coach, a KW Breakthrough coach, a KW Productivity coach, and a KW Mastery Agent coach. And before you think this podcast is all about real estate, I want you to stay put as I hand the mic off to Jen, who is all about empowering entrepreneurs and teaching them how to lead. So Jen, tell us your story. Where did it all begin? How did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Well, first of all, thank you guys (laughs) for having me. And that was quite the introduction. (laughs) Um, Boy, I just love real estate. You know, I got into this business about, well, yeah, 25 years. Goodness gracious. And my husband got me into it. So he started in new construction as a builder rep. And I helped him on the administrative side, (laughs) which if you know me, that's hysterical because that's just not my gift. And um, and so after a while, I thought, well, if he can do this, I can do this. Right. So I got my sales license. I helped on the backside. So he would help them build their new home and I would help them sell their existing home. And it worked really well. And then um, I did that for a few years. We built our team. Um, and in 2003, I came to KW, um, and then... Which was like going to the dark side back yeah, then, I feel like. Yeah, a lot of, uh, Sherwin-Williams, like, is it a paint company? Is it a real estate company? What is it? Yeah. There was a lot of those questions at that time, and, um, and I loved my previous company. It wasn't anything that they had not done. Uh, it's just the opportunity that I saw within the KW model fit for our family. So uh, I transferred over there. Um, Did your husband follow suit? Or were so you guys... my hubby was there first. Okay. All right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. I always blame him for this entire thing. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you did this. Uh, it's your fault. And then um, fast forward to 2007. So we had, uh, yeah, I became a team leader in the office that I was actually selling in. Um, and it was right, 
at the time when the market started to tank. I think uh, that those years were fascinating. Um, and I was able to, I was beautifully blessed. I had a great staff. We had great agents. There's still agents there to this day that, um, you know, I've, I've worked with and coached yeah. and loved. And um, yeah, and then it just took off from there. I became a team leader in a different market center. And before I go on, can you explain to people what, what is a team leader? I'm what so is sorry. That? Yeah. No. Yeah. So team leader is like the uh, other companies will call them the vice president, I think, of the office. Our My whole role is to attract, um, to teach, to coach, and to keep agents. I love agents. Agents are my heartbeat. I just adore them. We are crazy. Yes. Real estate agents are nuts. Yes. Um, and I love our craziness. So I am one and I love them and they are a very unique breed. I think real estate agents are probably one of the most misunderstood professions. I think people think that it's real easy mm-hmm. and, um, and yet we are, you know, spouses and parents and community members and business owners we also have to be a little bit of a counselor a negotiator a marketer um i'm not sure of another industry that you do those things right at a level that you know is a high level we we watch our budgets we um look at our return on investment so i just love real estate agents they're the best so so the, I, yeah, so I, I led another office for six years. So I said, I led my first office for four years, the second office for six years. Yeah, six years. And then um, uh, the third office, um, we then joined the two offices and doubled our territory. And that's where I am today. Yes. And in the meantime, um, I just kind of took the long way around where I stepped out of being a team leader for a few years and became a coach and coached agents uh, from across the country. Um, Love doing that as well. What I didn't love about it at that time was it was over the phone. We didn't even have Zoom. I sound like I'm 100 years old, (laughs) right? But we all remember the the days before Zoom. I feel like Zoom was 2020, that bang. Yeah. It was Skype. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, we did like phone calls. And so I was in my basement on the phone um, all day. And I thought, I, that's not me. Yeah. I got to get out of my house. So uh, I also did some coaching uh, called Bold Coaching, which is business objective, a life by design. It was, I was flying all over the country um, teaching a seven-week course for agents and building their business. And I would, you know, start out here at home. I'd fly to a city, and then I'd fly from that city to another city, and then I'd fly back home, and then do it all over again every week. And so sometimes those bold coaches will do two or three different cities each week. And um, I did that until there was one day where I got a phone call from home, and one of my children said, Mom, I need you to come home. And I called the president of bold at that time, and I said I quit. It was like literally that day. Um, there's some non-negotiables in my life. And my kids are one of them. Mm-hmm. So I did. I stepped away from doing that on that day. I, I finished out that round, and then I was done. How so. many kids do you have? We have four. Four. Yeah, they're all adults now. Okay. Um, and they are, it's so funny, because Jimmy, my husband Jimmy, he always says, um, it, we may not have done everything right, and 
we have really great kids. So at the end of the day, that's that's you, all that. You that's, have awesome. We do. Kids. Yeah. So our oldest, she is um, twenty eight, and she owns her own salon. In fact, she came to me when she was in high school and said, "I want to open up my own salon." So I gave her the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. And I said, read this book. It's not about real estate. It's about building a business. She did. And sure enough, she she went to a, a salon locally, worked there for a couple of years. Then she partnered with a friend of hers, and they opened up their own salon. And she's owned that since she was 22. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. You're so, talking to two ex-hairdressers. Oh, there yeah. you go. We ran yeah. our own business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had no dream of opening a salon. I was like, I'm good. I don't want all that responsibility. Yeah. But... It's a lot of work. It's so much work in just employees and making sure everything in your building. Mm-hmm. I mean, just all of it. It's that's a lot. It's definitely an investment, but for such a young age, heck yeah! Because yeah. you're already investing in other stuff. Why not just do it together with a par- partner? I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and she has a great partner. She learned lessons, you know, we win or we learn. She learned um, with her first situation a couple years, like maybe it was like the first year, and they started out with three uh, partners, and that didn't work out so well, and now they're to two. So she's learned some things along the way. Um, But she was the one who was like, I'm never selling real estate. No, (laughs) not it. That was not her jam. Um, And so she does that, and then we have twins in the middle. They are 25. Charlie, he is, he works at a local restaurant and he also is a videographer, loves anything technology. So um, he makes like all of our videos when we go on vacation. He does that. He's very, very talented. He is. Super talented. So uh, he loves drone photography and all of that, which couples well with real estate, of course. So um, he's building that business. And then the, the other two, uh, so Aiden is his sister, his twin sister, and then our youngest is Ben. And Aiden and Ben launched our real estate team. Um, so that was, they're in their second year of real estate, I think, right now. Are they? I think it's their Has two Has it years. been that long? Because th- they had just gotten into it when I came over here. Have I been here two years? Well, I think they're in their second year. So okay. maybe they... I don't remember time. Right. Do you guys struggle with that? I'm like, well, wait, yes. was it before COVID or after COVID? Because that, that's <laughs> it's all a blur. Yeah. <laughs> Do you like how you use that as like a time yeah. frame? Yeah. Of it's like before pre- Christ, after yeah, death. BC. It's before. Yeah. BC. But we do that with the recession too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before 2008. Yes. Seven. Yes. <laughs> I know it's so funny. We're getting old. Um, anyway, so they launched our, relaunched our real estate team and they are doing great. Um, they're working their hineys off, but they're doing really well. Good, good. So good. that's yeah. that's that's it. And then and then Jimmy. here. And what about Jimmy? Oh, what my does sweet he do Jimmy. now? So Jimmy is a pastor and he also works full time at a company in Minneapolis. So he works forty five hours a week wow. in the job and then he also um, pastors a church. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. He's amazing. That's a lot. He is like the very best thing that's ever happened to me. So he's, yeah, he's a, he is a very strong leader and he's super like peels me off the ceiling when I get home. <laughs> yep, totally does So that. he works or he has a whole other job, pastors, and then like come home and has like time for you still. That's yeah. in, like you guys just still make that a priority. That's so cool. Well, we, so when we were younger, um, we had no money. We had four kids under the age of six at one time. And we decided that every Saturday we were going to go on a date 
we couldn't afford to go anywhere. So we, you know those two-story houses back in the day that they built, and you walked in and there had the formal little living room? Mm-hmm. Nobody used it. No. no. You never. We call that the Christmas room at our house. Yes. Because it's, like, my parents built a house and they did one of those. And we were like, nobody sits in this no. room. So we, we named it the Christmas room because that's the only time we go in it. <laughs> it's so true. And my it daughter is, is still three. She's like, we're going to the Christmas room. Oh. And my mom's like, when did this get named that? You yeah. Know, it's, it's a very... formal living room. I'm naming my parents that too, the Christmas the room. Christmas Absolutely. Room. Yeah. No one goes in it. It's the only no. place that's carpeted Christmas. on the main level, right? Yeah. Right. That's where all the nice furniture the is. The nice furniture. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We had the bow window, you know, it's yeah. that whole thing. And um, so we made a rule that that was where we went for our date. We went to the Christmas room (laughs) and um the kids it's so cute they you know all four of them would line up they knew that they couldn't come off of the hardwood floors (laughs) into the carpet until we were done with our coffee yeah and they would all just be standing there um waiting for us to finish our our coffee and that was every Saturday and that's kind of stuck with us we still go out every Saturday morning um and we go to the same restaurant we sit in the same booth we order the same food and that's our time so but he's yeah he's the best He's absolutely the best. He puts up with me, which if you know me, Allie knows me a little bit. Um, and that's... I can relate because I think I'm married to the same personality Isn't as that Jimmy. wonderful? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they you know. And they need us. The, they do. Right? Because we're like, okay, let's go yes. super fast. Yes. He always teases me when we're, when we're on vacation because I'll have it all planned. He's like, I just want to go to the beach and like sit. Oh, no. Because there's four other beaches we have to see. Like, I want to see everything. Let's go hike. He's like, oh, for the love. Stop it. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, he got to run at each other's speed, right? That's right. So switching gears yeah, back a little bit. No, we wanted to. We, <laughs> lo- we love when our audience gets to hear your whole story because it makes them bond with you better, too. So moving on to real estate, yeah. back entrepreneurs, what do you feel like is the hardest part about leading entrepreneurs versus your employees? Yeah, it's a different gift. Yeah. So with entrepreneurs, you have to attract them because they aren't your employees. Right. So it's all about them, which is what I love, actually. Um, So you just attract them and then they get to... Uh, they get to soar. You honestly, it sounds so corny, like the wind between, no, you're not the wind beneath their wings. You're actually the ones that are kicking them off the stoop sometimes, like fly. Anyway. Hey, look, bird. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like squirrel. No. Um, I Be free. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it is, it's an attraction. They, they don't have to do anything. So you just have to attract them. Because everybody, I believe, inside of all of us, we want to be the very best we can. Um, it's just helping peel back those layers and plugging into that. Right. Yeah, right. it's totally different, though, it than is, having employees. because you have to get them to show up. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Like you can't bring donuts anymore and people show up. Like, no. It takes a, a – you have to romanticize them kind of in a way. Yeah, crumble cookies work <laughs> far better than donuts. No. Um if you bring them value in authentic value, mm-hmm. right? Like, and here's the thing, the trick of that is you might think of something very valuable that the next person's like, mm, not so much. doesn't really appeal to me. Uh, so you just, if you have the vision, you know what the vision is, you always attract to the vision. 
So I know you guys are both in this industry, but I'm over here like trying to catch up on this. Um, so are you talking about like that you have to find clients in this or are people approaching you about this and you weave through who you're going to help and who you're not? Like how does that work exactly? So in real estate, every agent is mm, – independent they're an independent contractor of course they partner with brokerages and in our state of course you, you your your license has to be housed underneath a broker but you're not their employee and so do i do i attract them i hope so do i turn some away yeah okay. to be really honest because our model might not be the best fit for them and i know that that can sound like well you know your, your job is to recruit and attract them yeah, but if it's not a good fit for them, we're setting them up for failure. So I honestly, truly would rather say, you know what? This probably isn't a good – I just had this conversation – what day is today? Friday? Yeah. yeah, I just had this conversation on Wednesday, two days ago. I was like, yeah, it's probably not going to be a good fit for you. You actually might do well staying where you're at. Well, and even though you guys are all individual entrepreneurs, you're still making a team, correct? Right, culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And, uh, and it's the most important – it's the most important thing in any organization is the culture of that organization. So my business partner and I, Jared, whom I adore, um, he is agent driven. Like uh, we have a lot of taglines in our industry, but agent and agent driven to us means if it doesn't positively impact that agent and their family, then it's not something that we should do. If it does, then we should do this. 100%. That's like a good family motto, even. Like, just as personal of, like, in general, when you are making decisions in life. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's totally relatable. I love that. Yeah. And that's kind of the Keller Williams model, too, is it's very much family first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, in fact, we say, you know, it's got to be your God and family first and then your business. Mm -hmm. If you get those things screwed up, your life gets screwed up. It really does. And so it has to be your faith in your family first, then your business. Super easy to say and yes. not so easy to follow sometimes. Because like last night we were having game night at the house. Yeah. All the kids were um, at the house playing games and some of the stragglers were coming with. I always call them the outlaws, the boyfriends, <laughs> the girlfriends, the fiancés. So we were all playing games and I look over into the living room and I see Ben and he's on the phone. And uh, he's like, I just got a lead. I got, and, and this is like 7.30. He's like, I got a lead. And we all were like, at that moment, you say, okay, is your family first? And then you think about the fact that, wait a minute. Okay, they're going to get married here pretty quick. He's got to buy a house. You take that lead, take it right now and convert it, you know, but we all, so. But that's a real estate family. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a real a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. I love that. So. Anyway, how do you feel about like just yes, you have your entrepreneurs and they come in, but all of us have really big personalities. Yeah. So how do you find that like blending all these huge personalities together? Like what's the biggest challenge with that? <laughs> what do you mean big personalities? <laughs> yeah. Um truly taking them I I posted this on on, I don't know, one of the social media things uh, a couple weeks ago, because it struck with me. It's a Brene Brown quote, I want to say. And it talks about how like everyone really is doing the best they can with what they know at that time. Mm -hmm. If you lead your life that way, 
you take out so much stress in your own personal life because your perspective is your reality. So do we have really big egos here um, in our industry? Not necessarily in these four walls, but in this industry? Yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta have a little bit of an ego. We have got to have swagger. Um, so you do have to have an ego and beneath the ego though is oh, such a good human. Like they are all humans. Everyone literally wants to eat pasta all the time and can't and shouldn't and whatever um everyone wants the best for their children mm -hmm. or who they love mm -hmm. in their lives yeah. um so yeah it's sometimes it's a balancing act um because it gives you like compassion almost to understand that we're all doing the best we can right. with what we know how exactly and, and then when we do we do learn better we should be better like we we really always should be striving um that can sometimes come off, though. I have had people actually accuse me of being fake. And I can understand how they might think that because I, I have very, very different circles of people that I interact with. So maybe that confuses people sometimes. Um, and yet I feel like each person that I have in my life they impact me differently and I'm hoping that I positively impact them. So it's a balancing act. Not going to lie. It is. And it's a beautiful thing though. Right. But I think you give that safe haven too as you, right? So you give them that safe haven, like get, leave the ego at the yeah. door and come sit in my office and I'll hand you a tissue box because I want to know how you are really doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We have, we have tissue boxes in my office. We go through them quite a bit. Um, <laughs> And then we leave it in the office, like outside right. those doors, uh, no one else needs to know. Right, right. And so going from, you know, you have your entrepreneurs, your agents that mm -hmm. you are coaching and training and doing all those things. Now you also have a whole office of actual employees yeah. that you have to train and coach. And what, what's the big difference between entrepreneurs or agents, I should say, versus those employees? So I don't, that's a great question. Um, I might not actually be the very best person to lead employees because I don't like anybody telling me what to do. Right. Right? Yes. So we learned this. Jared and yes. I learned this along our, our journey. Um, I, honest, I honestly just look at them the same way. Like you signed up for this. The opportunity is huge. I will help you achieve any financial goal you want to achieve. Um, you got to do the work. Yeah. That's it. I can relate. I had employee this year, and we kind of dived through that, and I, I don't like people telling me what to yeah, do either. Yeah. So it was more like he was trying to help me, but I was like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah, <laughs> and, and um, like with accountability, they have to be very accountable right. with yeah. me, and I'm accountable with them. Mm -hmm. So like my whole staff knows my entire calendar. They know exactly what I do all day long. Um, I'm, I'm just super transparent. That's because I hope that I'm modeling that with them. So we are a team and we do really, I have, I believe I have one of the very best staff um, in, in our industry. We've got really good people. Yeah, we do. We really do. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. 
what do you feel the difference is between leading? We were just having this conversation last week about you were asking me questions about I didn't realize that there was such a difference between men realtors versus women yes. realtors. I came across a couple videos and a girl I followed on TikTok and she popped up and I was watching one of her videos and she was talking about a situation that she had run into with a male uh, real estate agent and then of course when you start looking at videos right your whole algorithm is like and I'm like I'm on Allie's TikTok right now (laughs) (laughs) and um but it was really um it was really strange to me because even though I know we still struggle with um equality in a lot of areas um and men and women in some industries I didn't realize how prevalent it is in the real estate agencies still um, in these stories. And maybe it was just because the algorithm I was on. But, you know, when I was asking her, is this something that is still prevalent? Is it something you still deal with the way that you are talked to from a male versus a woman in the industry or the way that you connect in that What is it like for you coaching male versus women or you and your partner? Do you guys split up or is it or do you guys not see it? I actually don't experience it. Yeah. Um, I love I coach a really powerful man who is not in our state. He's in a different state and um, have they have a really great team. I don't really notice it that much. What about like when you're interacting with other teams, like people from other um companies and I don't know is that what you guys call it a company yeah Yeah. um do you struggle because I know that you guys have such strong values and that's what your business and this whole team is based off of but not every real estate agency is based off of similar values do you come across that in that type of way you know I think um actually I don't uh are there different values in different companies? Probably. There's different models, definitely, in different systems. Um, and at the end of the day, it's kind of like they're all humans, too. Yeah. So I don't really come across that too much. Um, when I first started out in the industry, funny story, uh, I was selling real estate, and I was at a park with my kids. We were at one of the summer festivals right in the city. And uh, I got a phone call. I'm negotiating an offer as we're on the roller coaster. <laughs> right. So like, I know. I know. cotton candy on the roller coaster. Right. Yeah. That yeah. whole balance thing. Yeah. Keep your family first. <laughs> I know. It's a journey. Um, so I was r- relatively new in the industry as far as being licensed. And I got a phone call. We're negotiating an offer. And I had a gentleman on the other end of the line who was an agent. And um, he is funny. Older gentleman. And he said, well, it sounds to me like somebody's getting their panties in a bunch. And I went nuclear on that guy. I went nuclear on him. First off, I'm not wearing panties. No, no, no. I was like, Are, did, did you actually just say that to me? Now, this, again, guys, this was years ago. Right. And it's the, the funny part of that story is fast forward, like, probably, I don't even know, five years, seven years. No. Um, I recruited him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's actually an agent that I have now come to love. And... Uh, and that's just how he was brought up. Like he was an older gentleman and he was frustrated with me because I was like, no, you, we are going to negotiate these inspection issues. And he wanted me to just calm down. And I'm like, I'm not going to. Yeah, somebody's going to eat their panties and much. So that was, a, that was a thing back then. Yet today, honestly, I don't, 
I don't know. I don't really come across that too much. I think for me, like being actually in the field a lot more with different brokerage agents and whatnot, and I have obviously a very distinct high voice. So a lot of the time, sometimes I feel like men don't take me necessarily that seriously until I start speaking of knowledge and then they go, oh, oh yeah, she actually knows oh. what she's talking about. So I get it a little bit more, I feel like. Yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think maybe I, growing up, hanging out, at colleges, like like high school, all through my years, I kind of hung out with the guys more so. Mm-hmm. So I guess I just don't see it as much. Right. Yeah. And that's a fair thing. Yeah. Everybody has different experiences for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, the guys in our that I deal with are super cool. They are. We have a lot of cool men in this brokerage too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it's every male that I deal with. Absolutely not. 100% not. It's just I get probably one a year where I'm like, really? Yeah, and then you think, well, part of the he might be having club. a bad day. Right. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I, and then we actually end up, like you said, yeah. like, we end up cool at the yeah. end of the transaction. Yeah, isn't that funny? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's just those those upfront things of the, the ego being twisted in a way. So what made you jump from being in production? What made you want to lead offices? Yeah, that's a, I was reading, um, I was visiting that question. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yeah, what is it? So here's my... Um, my real answer was because I wanted I wanted to see what I could do to help people at a in a different level. Being a team leader is very different than being a rainmaker or a listing agent in that it's the same um, concept. It's the long game though with real estate agents cuz I goodness gracious, I was in relationship with an agent for I can't even still to this day um that never joined our company and that's okay. Um, it's a long game. And so I think that probably helped me make that decision is I wanted to do something different. So when you sit down with our company, there's an, what I call an opportunity map. Okay. And you can choose wherever you want to go on that opportunity map. And I saw things that I wanted to go to. Um, and one of the ways in which to get to those things was to be a team leader. So that's why I chose to do that. And then, um, my biggest mistake in that was way back in those days, You it was an either or, right? Like you hopped out of sales and became a team leader or you stayed in sales. You th- There was not this phenomenon of keeping your team running while you did leadership stuff. Right. So my book of business, I referred a lot of business out mm-hmm. for years until the kids got into the business and now that, you know, I refer it to them. Right, right. So I think being able to impact people at a different level was something that intrigued me. And, um, yeah. And then I, I thought, you know, that was like the portal to get to all these other things. And what I learned by going around the long way, uh, I came back to being a team leader and I absolutely love it. I love it. It's, uh, it's something different every day Yes. and you're dealing with people which I love, and yeah, so, yeah. So you, a lot of your position is agent attraction. Do you want to share, because I know we'll have a lot of realtors kind of listening, like what's your, do you want to share your recruiting secret? How do you get agents to jump brokerages? Oh, well, you can't push rope. (laughs) So you can't make people do anything that they don't want to do. And I just look at it as a relationship 
where hopefully should anything change in their world that isn't working for them anymore, I would be the first person that they call. That's honestly my long like game. Um, the takeaway is a pretty good effective tool, however. What I mean by that is sometimes you know that, that the agent wants to come and join us. It's just like a seller. Like, you know they want to sell their house. You know they need to sell their house. You know that it's going to be in their best interest to sell their house. And they just push back and they give you obstacles and, and objections. Well, when you say and you start out the conversation with, you know what, Allie, this house is awesome. Why would you ever want to sell it? Why don't you just stay? And then they're like, well, I don't stay because I need to sell this. And, you know, that sort of thing. Same thing with realtors. Allie, tell me, you've got I such I mean, a how long were you trying to get me to come Too over? long, <laughs> silly girl, too long. Um, and But it had to be on your timeline. I right. think that's what frustrates team leaders, actually, yes. is they get this, like, it's got to be in my timeline. And that is not, it's not productive. And it's actually not fulfilling. Because if I would have pushed, what was that? That was, I don't even know what year that was. But I don't it was, even know. It was a long time it ago. It was maybe five And you were plus. like, I'm coming. Yeah. Literally over a weekend. On Friday, she says, I'm coming. And on Monday, she's like, mm, I went somewhere else. <laughs> I'm like, I am going to come to your house and slit your tires. I didn't. Um, and I was like, okay. Then, then I go inward. What didn't I do? What didn't I say? I've learned a lot with that. Um, you can't do or say anything. It's got to be when you're ready. Right. Yeah. So there's no trick, um, except the takeaway is kind of fun. And I, and I honestly, I just come out like and say it, Hey, yeah, my job is to recruit you. This is, this is what I do. Right. Truthfully though, I'm not sure you're going to be a good fit for us and I'm not sure we're a good fit for you truthfully. So mm-hmm. let's not get married before we date. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's just have coffee, you know, right. cause that's the thing is I'll call them and I'll say, Hey, do you want to have a business conversation about your goals in 2023 over a cup of coffee? And they're like, I don't want to be recruited. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I don't want to recruit you because I'm not sure I want to be in business with you, not to be rude. And then it's like, hey, why don't you want to recruit me now? Yeah. See? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Love me. Let me. Yeah. Yeah. Love me, but I want to be there. And so, yeah. Yeah. See what you did there. Mm -hmm. But there has to be some sort of like a little bit of an adrenaline rush when they do like, yeah, I'm coming over. Oh, my word. It's so fun. Yeah. It's like selling that house. Boom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're so excited. Um, because you know, I do truly believe that we have model systems and tools that can help you. And, and I know that the agent doesn't know it yet. They just don't know what they don't know. Right. And so I get so excited about it. Um, yeah, there is a, there's an adrenaline rush for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I bet there is. It's like with any kind of business win. I have a question. Okay. Is there anything in your position and maybe even in this career path that you would change in the industry? (laughs) Well, here, let me get my book out now. (laughs) No. um, That you would love like to see change in or that you, you get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are actually so many things. Um, and I will say that we have an amazing group of people in our local area and nationwide. So um, how would I change it? I would probably I would probably change the way that people perceive us. And, yeah. in, and if they're perceiving us away, then the, we have to change that, right? So 
I, I think that's probably it. And how do you guys see people perceiving you? I think in they this think that we make a lot of money, a lot of money, and we don't work super hard. Yeah. Um, because you have to have a perception of, I've got this all together, right? Like, um, and I think it comes down to two, like you have like the couple sellers a year where it's like you sell their house, which granted the market we were just in was not a traditional market, but in a traditional market, it's like, yeah, I sold your house in a day. And they're like, well, what did you really mm. do for me? Mm. And I think sometimes that's how we get that bad rap where then it's like when you get the ones that you have, the trials and tribulations are like, oh my gosh, you are amazing. I can't believe yeah. your job that you have to go through yeah but it's almost like you have to invest time to earn that respect when really that respect is I mean you guys are still doing so much and it's probably a lot more work under 24 hours yeah <laughs> a lot well, less all sleep, that up a lot to, less. <laughs> yeah up to the 24 hours yeah. of actually putting it on the market you got a lot going before that uh -huh. even happens yeah. but um so that's why that's what I think Yep. might be the perception i do think that as agents uh if we cho if we spent as much energy on educating the population about us as an industry um as much as we we try to <laughs> we try to talk badly about each other it doesn't work it just mm -hmm. doesn't we're all competitive everybody should be competitive within themselves but i'm not ally doesn't have to lose for me to win yeah I like that. There's enough money. There's enough. There's Abundance. enough to go around for 100%. everybody to win. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's probably what I would just change those I like that. energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So turning it to me. So what yes. do you our listeners? <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Miss Leo over here. <laughs> now I got to find it. What do, what do you think are my biggest strengths and weaknesses so our listeners can understand me a little bit more in the real estate industry? I think that you have an exceptional um, drive. You also are very relatable with people. Like I think people probably like you pretty quickly. Um, I... I love that you love. Yeah, it's pretty. That's big. It's pretty apparent. Yeah. You love. I do love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In all aspects. Yes. So mm -hmm. I love that. And I think that one of your probably greatest weaknesses is that you, um, you want to do it all. So we all have a little bit of control yes. freak. Like, uh, hi, my name is Jen and I'm a control freak. I think Allie's probably got a pretty pretty strong control need for being in control as samantha sitting over here like yeah 100 percent. yeah 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 i'm just nodding in agreement yes yep yeah so i mean that's, i can't say much though because like you said it's like i have my stuff too yep. you know, but right. yep. yeah yeah we yeah, all do i'm always like ali it's out of your control you just gotta i know but i but this yeah yeah <laughs> Well, and then what we do is we want to control everything, right? But then then the flip side of that is that we control everything, so then we can't let anything go, so then you get burned out because then you feel like you're doing everything, and then, you know what I mean, our greatest strength can become our greatest weakness if we're not kept yeah. in check. Mm -hmm. Say it all the time. Almost like you're failing, but you're not failing, mm -hmm. It's but it can feel like that over and over and over. Right? Yeah. yeah, if you would just time. let it go, let it go, come on. <laughs> El Elsa, is it Elsa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. You got a, you got at the age of Elsa oh, right yeah. in your house right now. <laughs> we sing that song often in our car, especially after meltdowns sure. and things. And I'm like, let's listen to Elsa, let it go. Yeah. Let's really take this to heart. Yeah, <laughs> I listen.
listened to in our frozen tundra. <laughs> I listened to a great speaker. Her name is Chris Plackey. Have you heard of her? Yeah. Oh, so mm-hmm. leadership is feminine. She's amazing. And she talks a lot about that, how we as women entrepreneurs, women leaders have some challenges with uh, control. So I listen to her sometimes and I laugh in my truck. Cause <laughs> Good to know. I'm like, well, that's not me. You're ta- <laughs> Having you're- a sense of humor is so big, yeah. especially when you're dealing with. I mean, you guys are dealing with people's livelihoods and their homes their and where they're going to sleep and yeah. their investments. And there's so much intertwined in this and like relationships and, you know, all of it. And you have to, at some point, just have a sense of humor about it and take it obviously really um, strongly. But know that like there's so much that's just going to happen. You have to expect mm-hmm. the the curveballs and that and if you don't have a sense of humor and you're super serious it's like that's gonna brush off onto your your customer right or what do you guys call them not your customer your client your yeah. client mm-hmm. there we go yeah I know I don't know all the terminology <laughs> you're doing but great it's gonna rub off on your client and you you probably kind of have to keep it together and be like haha well I guess we're gonna have to look at that you yeah. know like yeah. I mean I I guess I would look at it that way if I'm in a situation, you would want them to stay lighthearted and just have a sense of humor in themselves. Yeah, you got to make, well, yeah, if you're not laughing at yourself, you know, that. Right. And you bring a a sense of of perspective. Like when you're in the midst of negotiating with a client, right, when I'm coaching an agent, if you put it into perspective, okay, truthfully, if this doesn't happen, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Yeah. Right. We're going to have to put the house on the market right. again or, you know, um, an agent. You're actually g- you're going to lose the deal and you're going to have to go out and get a different one. OK. OK. I think we can make that work. So, yeah. Yeah. And you learn that as you're in the industry for a while, because I think when you first get into the industry and we'll kind of dive into that, I have a next question on that. But like. I remember first being in the industry and I would just cry like this is so emotionally draining like I I started out in new construction too and it was like I would get them to sign and then they can cancel Mm -hmm. like there's really not another job where you put all this time and energy into something and then they'll be like oh actually we're not moving and you just lost all that time and energy that you put into something and you don't get paid yeah I I was just having that conversation last night actually um and I was telling Ben and Aiden both, I said, this is, this industry is the, in my opinion, this industry is um, probably the strongest industry that you have to have faith in, right? Like you must have faith. Absolutely. You do your activities and then you trust that the results will, will show up. When you do the activities, they will. And, and that's where that faith comes in. Like I've done everything I can. I'm going to trust that this thing is all going to work out. So if the, 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 the kicker is if you don't, it's not, there's no other that I know of. There's not a whole lot of other places that is primarily responsible, determined by what you do. Mm. So I have to remind my staff, guys, you're going to get a paycheck next week. We have an agent that might not. Mm. So when they call you and say, and they blow up because something is 
misspelled in the MLS. It's not about the misspelling. It's about the fact that they just had two deals that fell apart and they're trying to figure out how they're going to make their ends meet and get things going because they just had two deals that they put in all these hours, right, fall apart. So that's the thing is this, this is a very, I believe, a faith, and I'm not talking about like a religious faith, um, but I do believe that when you do the activities and you do them with authenticity and, and truthfulness and you do them and you're accountable to them, I know results will show up. You, it will. Mm-hmm. So. And there's always that silver lining too with it. I feel like where it's like, okay, well, maybe that client was going to be absolutely yeah. horrible and I was saved a little yeah. bit. Yeah, thank you for I raising worked. your hand and telling me that you are going to be a nightmare, yes. you know? Exactly. Right? Yeah. So somebody getting into the industry, yeah. what is your biggest piece of advice for them if they want to be a realtor? Do it. Do it. What's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> okay. <laughs> So that's it. You, just, Every, you don't get paid. Mic drop. <laughs> well, <laughs> you don't get paid. Well, if you do the activities, you will. Right. Um, I think you don't have to know everything. That mm. I think that trips a lot of people up. Like, what Fear. am I going to do if if they say, yeah, come on over and take a look at my house? Then what do I do? Well, you go to their house. Right. Okay, but what if I don't know how to measure a room? Well, I, I think you, it's okay. One shoe? Two shoe, yeah, three I, shoe. The best thing is that would is, be me. I'd be like, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, looks about right. That's an arm, forearm length. Yeah. That's how I hang pictures on my wall. They're be- <laughs> so the best. The best answer to a question you don't. Oh, I don't know the answer, but I'll find it out. Yeah, that's good. So, um, people will say, okay, so you get like you get those agents that'll say, well, we don't take on new agents, or those companies that'll say we don't take on new agents. Okay, the last time I checked, you were a new agent. Right. Yeah. I was a new agent. Yeah. You know what? Or we don't do, we don't take part-time agents. Help me understand what is a part-time agent to you. Because I have part-time agents that work, you know, let's say they're a teacher. I have one. She's phenomenal. She's a teacher. And she makes more in her real estate business than other realtors who do this full-time. So... Oh, wow. I like hopped up on a soapbox there for a second. Um, So yeah. So new, new agents, just do it. And if you have questions, it's not easy money. Like don't do this because you want to make a lot of money. Don't get in it for the wrong reasons. You chase the money. It's going to run away from you. If you do it because you love, and this is a cute thing. You'll hear it. Why'd you get into real estate? Or why are you thinking of getting into real estate? Oh, I love houses. I love houses, like I'll watch HGTV. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's not why you should do this business. Yeah. You look at Zillow as your hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't yeah. look at Zillow though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah home home splatter. I think I think uh, the greatest thing is do it and then know what you're doing. Like know what you're getting into. You're getting into an industry that's you're helping people at the most exciting time of their life and sometimes the most frustrating and they're emotional. So you have to be able to navigate those emotions and be able to speak calm into their storm and negotiate for them at a very high level. Um and so it's it's not necessarily the HGTV like you see him. My husband he's you know he he's a beekeeper and I paint butterflies and our budget is three million. Yeah. That does not happen. No. 
it's not it's always amazing to me i'm like how in the world like and it's this tiny little house in like new york or something they're looking at too and you're like you keep bees yeah in new york yeah what yeah fake fake yeah so (laughs) i would say do it yeah and I think too with it is it's like you don't have to know all of the knowledge right away to get in. Like there's so many mentors and so many kind people in the industry that will help you along. And it's all on like when I go into appointments, like I'm not trying to talk about all the specs of their home. I'm trying to get to know them. Mm-hmm. It's like a counseling mm-hmm. session. Like tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let you talk the whole time and I'm mm-hmm. going to get to know you and I'm smile over here because this is the reality of the situation. We're going to go through an emotional roller coaster together mm-hmm. and I'll be here to hold your hand. Yeah. Allie, have you ever thought of recruiting? <laughs> Yeah. I seriously, really, like, I'm just, it clicked for me. Like, I feel like you would be really good at it. Like, that would be an incredible position for you. Is that something you would ever be interested in? I used to be a little bit more interested in it. I'm not going to lie. I thought about it. And, you know, I've gone through a lot in the last couple years. And for me, I'm just kind of taking a step back on that and focusing, putting my focus more on selling and the podcast and my staging business, I feel like. I can't do it all. Is I'm that because you tried recruiting me for years and I never did it? Yeah, you were the Don't one. Don't base it off of me. Yeah, <laughs> you were the one. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. I no. think the that you never know. Hey, you never know. I might just come you to you could. one day and I'll be like, Allie, I'm ready. You I'm could. ready. It's you, the time. And we, and we can help you if right? you want to do that. Exactly. No, I think I just have too much going on right now and it's just not in my wheelhouse at the moment. Maybe someday. I yeah. think that's good to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what does, so I, you're my coach, you're my mentor. I come to you on a monthly basis. What, what does your coaching structure look like? Like how do people find you to come and be coached by you? Um, well, I coach, uh, the top 20% of the agents if they choose to, to coach with me. Um, I think our sessions are all about you. Now, having said that, there are some things that I ask at every session, and you you can voice this one. I always ask for numbers. Now, here's why. And people will be like, there's so much more than numbers. I feel like you're just, you know. No, actually, numbers tell a story, and then we can understand um, what's happening in your world. If you're achieving the numbers, and you're, the, the numbers you get to set. So, for instance, if somebody says, I want to sell X amount of let's just say I want to sell 100 units for the year. And you break that down, you're like, okay, so how many did you want to do this week? And how many listing appointments do you want to go on? Some people look at that as kind of like a sweatshop feel, like it's not just about the numbers. Well, it's not, and it is, because the numbers are going to tell me, well, no, I didn't go on my appointments. Okay, well, what got in your way? Well, I had something big that happened in my life. All right, so let's talk about that. Or it was, I was just unmotivated. Well, that's a whole different conversation. Yeah. Um, so I think coaching with me is, yes, it's numbers. And because the numbers will tell us what we need to either celebrate. The one thing that I have found is agents never celebrate. And because they're always worried about the next thing. So we always say, you know, stop and celebrate. Celebrate the wins along the way to achieving your goal. Because if you don't, it's... Um, it become it's easy to burn out if you don't. So, coaching with me is um, yeah, it's a lot of questions, and we always walk away with three things: 
you got to do three things. One is um, something that is productivity related. So you set a goal for that week. The second thing is business related. You set a goal. And then the third thing can have nothing to do with business. It has to be something personal. And that can be something with your health, with relationships, with your personal budget, whatever it might be. Um, but it has to be something completely unrelated to real estate. Those are your three rocks for the week. And then you come back and we talk the next time if you choose for weekly, biweekly, or monthly. That's what we do. And what I love about it is it's not always what you want to hear. Like hmm. you kind of have that and you'll say it better than I will. But like. What's, what's the cliche that you kind of always say to me? Like, oh, God, like you're kind of hard. <laughs> what is it? Why I can't I think of it right now. I don't know which one. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. You're like, I have lots of cliches. Like, I let's don't know get which these one. out there. It's like, like you can cry in my office, but I'm going to give you like a kick in the butt. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah. I, I Well, and it's true. It's because I care about you enough to not let you sit in your stuff. Yeah. So whatever we got to do to get through it, if you have to put one foot on the bed on the floor while your bed is going out of control, what's the one thing that we can do that's going to move us forward? Because mm -hmm. we're not going to stay here. Right. Now, I'll, we can do our five-minute funeral. So we talk about that, yes. right? <laughs> you can do your five-minute funeral. Let's cry about it. And then you're, we're packing up stuff and we're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. And that's not something I came up with. I'm sure I copied that from somebody. It's in a book, actually, somewhere that I read. Um, your five-minute funeral. Everybody can have a five-minute funeral. I love it. I always called it my pity party, mm -hmm. but I like the five-minute funeral because it's almost like you're putting it to rest, yeah. and you're just like, okay, we're done with that, mm -hmm. and let's move on to the yeah. next. I like that. That's yeah. a good one. And I think there's coaches out there, too, where they're like, they'll they'll emotionally sit with you, and, and you sit with me. I'm not saying that, but then you'll be like, all right, well, what are you going to do? Buck up. like <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. Yes, yeah. exactly. I say that to my kids. Well, suck it up, Buttercup, because, I mean, the last time I checked, no one's going to come save you. So we're, let's figure this out. Problem solved. And I love it. it um, I don't want to come off as being uncaring, because I do care. Um, and I care so much that we're just not going to stay here. Mm -hmm. So let's move. Right. Well, and like you just said, like the spinning bed, the merry-go-round, like how many times are you going to complain about the same situation or get yourself in the same situation until you change it, right? Yeah. That's basically... Yeah. yeah. I had a, a conversation with a client one time, or a coaching client, and he it had shown up in his, I want to do this, I want to do this, and he hadn't done it. And so I said, all right, let our, before I write this down as one of your rocks, um, are you going to do it? Because I don't want to have this conversation with you again. And he said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Okay, what, how will I know? How will I know? Now, I had coached this person for quite a while, so I knew what their triggers were a little bit, um, and his was money. And so I said, all right, so if, if you don't do this particular thing, um, how much do you want to write your check out to or, or for, and um, who do you want to write it to? Some coaches have said, you know, let's do it to a charitable cause, um, that does, it doesn't work because it makes you feel good. Some have said, let's write it out to your biggest competitor. Uh, to me, I was like, mm. some have chosen a different political party. Some have chosen uh, this particular gentleman. He is a huge, um, he, his alma mater is Michigan. And he's like on their alumni, the whole kit and caboodle. He's a great guy. I love him. And his biggest, so I went and asked, well, what's their number one rival? 
and he wrote it out to their booster club, <laughs> 5,000 bucks. And I said, all right. So, so then he says, well, okay, so if I don't do it, I'll write out the check. Oh, no, send me the check right now. <laughs> write it out. He sent it to me in the mail, and then I'll tear it up. If we're on the call next week and you've done it, I will tear it up, I promise. I will video it. And so he did it finally. <laughs> and he's never had to write me a check again. But, yeah. It's, hey, it's holding you to it. I feel like you did that with me too. And I've talked about it on here where I've had a couple a couple weird years and I've just, you finally sat me down and you're like, you're the problem. And I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not. And I was super upset with you leaving I know. The, the meeting. And then I, I sat there and I finally had like a, a awakening the last like three months. And I went, yeah, I'm totally the problem. <laughs> we always are. We always are. If you look around... And you see things not working out and they maybe show up in different clothes, whatever it might be. What's the one constant? You. You. Yeah. So you're the issue. <laughs> and that's kind of empowering, right? Because then yeah. you can fix it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You got to look at yourself and deal with yourself yeah. and yeah. sit with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. So kind of going back to your family before we talk about something that is coming up. Yeah. Um, what do you what does your family do enjoy to do besides being entrepreneurs? Because you are like I love hearing your parenting advice because I feel like you've raised really awesome adult children and you've like made them very goal driven. Like what advice can you give to moms and parents that to have their children be driven and want to succeed in life? Yeah, I don't, I, I wish I could take credit. I think they're just phenomenal kids. I always say that they get their genius from my husband um, because yes, we're very goal driven. And sometimes I have to tell my kids like, just pump the brakes. Uh, we, you know, they're very, very driven. So that can sometimes be problematic. Um, and I would say raising kids to be strong entrepreneurs, you, what would be my best advice for that? Probably just do your very best, right? Like, I know that sounds so cliche. Um, you're not their friend. So when they were kids, I was like the Gestapo. I'm not going to lie. I was really tough, really hard on them, actually. Um, they, I never knew this, um, but in the youth group at our church, because, of course, my husband pastors, I lead worship, so I would be on stage, and if my kids, all four of them, you know, lined up there, sitting in the front row, uh, if they started acting up, I did a snap and, from the stage, and the whole youth group now, it's called, they had those kids growing up with my kids, called it the Jen Snap, I think it was, Jen Snap, Miss Jen Snap. Because um, I would be like that. So I was very, very tough on them when they were little. Uh, and then that changed. When they became teenagers, um, I kind of became the lenient one. And Jim took over as bad cop. So uh, because they were dealing with some stuff, right? And you got you to gotta pick your battles at that age. Because you can't be, you know, come in at curfew. And if you're not, you're grounded for a six weeks. Because you might need something else for the six weeks. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So choose your battles. So I would say you're not their friend. You probably have to be a little bit tough on them. Um, and that tough love piece, suck it up buttercup, I used that a lot uh, with my kids. So, And I feel like you talked about too, like just you guys always like set goals, right? Yeah. As a family. Yeah. 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 We do our boards, our vision boards. Uh, we've done that for years. In fact, the Aiden and her boyfriend were doing them last night. She can do them on Canva now. 
you know, who yes. knew? Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, we do goal boards. And the funny thing is, is she said, hey, mom, I looked at my goal board for 2022, and she said 95% of all the stuff on there, I did. Oh. Including going to Hawaii. So she, uh, she's like, I put it on there in 2022, not knowing and not. So they do believe in that. So we do that together. Um, and yeah, as a family, that's a, that's a big deal. How has like your personal faith um, helped you in as a mother, in your career, as a wife? As yeah, a friend, as it's a, the one as thing. As you, as a it, daughter. It's, it's, uh, it's the most important thing in my world. Yeah. That value, do you feel like, just for people in general, just finding that core value in yourself and what truly, I mean, because you have to lose hope at some points in your life, like yeah. nobody gets through life scotch-free. No. And just having that that belief in, I mean, your faith has to get you through some of those tough times because you had to have had rocky points and areas. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so, so to, truthfully, 100% transparency, when, when one of my kids was going through some really, um, tough stuff in high school, there was a time where it was the time when I was on bold and I had to come home and it was because there was some substance abuse and some challenges that were happening and, so we did the whole thing, like, we're, we're going to take you out of sports. You're going to have to not go in your school. We're going to switch schools. It was a big deal. Um, and I had to pull Jimmy back. I'm like, look, if we take him out of sports, we're only furthering. The, what else is he going to do, right? Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, uh, there was one night where I had um, taken his phone. And like all the other moms in that time frame we're tracking their kids this is back when you know tracking wasn't abs as normal I guess as it is today I didn't track any of my kids and so um I never did that and w what I decided to do though was I took I took the kid's cell phone and so I I had that cell phone and there were some things in the cell phone that when you start seeing what your kids are doing you're like oh Holy smokes what in the world right. right so I remember I was sitting on my bathroom floor in tears thinking I was the worst mom in the entire world how could we have raised these kids this way you know and and God spoke to me and not in like a Jennifer you know none of that <laughs> none of that it was just this thought that was planted in my head and it was I I actually can forgive and it says in scripture, I, I forgive and then I throw that into the sea of forgetfulness. So like he's the one that can actually forgive and forget. We can't. Mm. And so he's like, you need to give this to me because you're not strong enough. You can't forgive and forget. So all the things that you think you can forgive your kids for, you're like so appalled, but then you write it off to the fact that they're teenagers. And then I remember what I did as a teenager. I'm like, oh man, this is nothing. Um, yeah. But that, so, so that in raising my kids, I very much heavily lean on God because um, I'm a disaster. Yeah. I'm, I'm usually angry. I'm quick-tempered. I have super high expectations. So I rely heavily on that. In my, in my relationship with my husband, um, I, I know I can be super difficult. And, and he shows me the love of Christ every day. Like he puts up with me. And, um, and we had a house fire. We lost everything in 2000. 
let's see, my dad died in 12. So this must have been 2014. Our house burned down. We lost everything. Um, and that was, you know, two years after my dad had died. And my dad was probably the closest thing to, like, I love, my dad is, well, he's, he was the coolest man in the entire world. Um, just amazing. Yeah, he died of pancreatic cancer. It was a horrible death. Oh. And wasn't healed. That's so fast, too, usually. Well, he, he, they gave him three months. And he lived 13. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but during some of those times, yeah, you question. You're pretty ticked off. Like, wait a minute, this is my dad. He's not, you know, a horrible person. He hasn't committed crimes. He he was a pastor. Um, he, he was a professional athlete. He never did anything to cause any type of, you know, all the risk factors. Mm-hmm. Never did any of that. And he got pancreatic cancer. I mean, and... He did. Like, we live in a fallen world. Things yeah. are going to happen. So, um, yeah. So my faith is the thing that that makes me good. Without it, I'm a disaster. Mm-hmm. I'm a mess. I'm not smart. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't, I don't have answers. I don't. I was just praying on the way to, to work today. I'm like, hey, because I haven't talked to him in a while. I've been super busy. And sometimes we get so busy. So I was driving down 494 this morning, and I was passing the Viking Stadium, and it just reminded me of that Damar situation. You know, the Damar Hill mm-hmm. is that his last name? Yeah, I believe so. Yes. What an amazing! Do you know he's like talking and holding? I on know all the things. Anyway, I heard the first thing he did was write on a post. Yeah. Did we win? <laughs> yeah, that which, was the first. Which I loved. I was, like, I was like, that, that is funny. Is, that's something I would do. I'm so competitive. Yeah. I'd be like, did we win the game? Yeah, though? right. Like, was it worth it? Like, yeah, we won, right? Yeah. So, um, anyway, so I. I that would be you. Drove by the stadium and it reminded me of that. And, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I, I'm I'm really sorry because I've been I'm, I'm I've been not as attached as I should, um, and just had a conversation. But it doesn't have to be like a huge yeah. pull over to Call the side of the God. road and yeah. you know do a certain thing. You just have a conversation with them, and yeah, he helps. He helps me a lot. Yeah. So for sure, for sure. Um, so I think just going back, like just we talked touched on your family life and all that um so you have an event coming up yes which i'm super excited for yeah and i have my ticket all ready to go everybody buy tickets so so can you tell us all about it yeah so um this is called our women of purpose event and what is women of purpose so for years i've had it's kind of like you with your podcast You've had this dream, right? And it was something that you really wanted to do. And it was, it was, you could see it in your head. Like you had this vision of, that was how I was with Women of Purpose. And I thought, um, I really want to do this because I believe that women, especially entrepreneurial women that are business owners that have been successful in certain areas of their life also might feel misunderstood and not sure if they fit you know, like there's there's certain things that we can struggle with. Right. It can be really lonely. Sometimes it can. And so I had this vision of wanting to put together a place where women could come that they feel safe, empowered, inspired, but also they feel a little bit challenged, right? Like in a good way to live out what we are called to do. And each of us, I believe... Um, one of my committee members, she teases me because this is a saying that I've said for a long time, we have all been made on purpose for a purpose. So um, that was Women of Purpose. That's how it started. 
And I told a friend of mine, so it's probably similar to like you guys, you guys had a conversation and you're like, okay. Then that friend held me accountable. She was like, okay, well, when are you going to do it? I'm like never, I just want to sit and talk about it because it's fun. <laughs> so we launched uh, Women of Purpose um, in July, August, because our first event was in September. Right, and we had Alice on here, so she was your first oh, speaker. Oh, yeah, she yeah. was our first speaker. Yeah, Magic Mom. Mm -hmm. She was amazing. So she helped us uh, put that together. And then now our second event is January 27th, and it is, it is going to be held at the um, PICA event venue, which is a cool place um, right off of, like, Cretan and Vandalia. So um, we are so excited. Megan Tompty, so she is the founder of Evereve, and she is the co-owner of it. She's got an amazing story, and it's one of, she never knew how to run a business. She wasn't formally trained or, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but she was a teacher actually and she just went out and started reading a bunch of books and she knew that she could pr provide a service to women that may we, we didn't have at that time and so she opened up um, Hot Mama at first and then they changed it over because everybody thought it was a, a maternity store <laughs> yes they did yeah. I remember that yeah story. yeah 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 <laughs> so uh, she's gonna come speak to us about how she has grown that uh, organization to now, I think they're in, it's either 33 or 36. I'm sorry that I don't have that statistic in front of me, but it's like 33 or 36 states. Whoa. Yeah. I no. thought it was just Minnesota based. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. And in fact. So what is Ever Eve? Okay, so Ever Eve is a boutique fashion store for women, um, but it's so much more than that. If you go to their website, Ever Eve, it's E-V-E-R-E-V-E. -E Evereve, yeah. Um, if you go to their website, you'll see. And one of her passions is pouring into women. And so we, one of my committee members, had seen her or had talked with her uh, through the Global Leadership Summit. Um, and so she said, I think you should talk to her and see. And sure enough, we've been able to secure her for the event. So she's going to have a conversation with us. She says, she's so funny. She's very humble. She's like, I'm not a keynote speaker. You absolutely are. You're amazing. And she's like, I'm not a keynote speaker. I like to have conversations. So she's going to have a conversation, uh, kind of like we're doing, right. and ask questions. She wants to be very um, open, transparent, have it like an organic conversation. So um, we have uh, 150 seats that are filling up, and we have beautiful sponsors. The sponsors are women-owned businesses. So everybody is um, a lady leader in the, in the group. And yeah, very excited about it. Uh, it's and then I've lined up our spring one already. Can't okay. talk about her okay. yet. Okay, so. fine. I know. I was gonna ask. I know we can't can't talk about her yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's it's fun. It's so January twenty seventh on Friday. We did it strategically from ten to one, for those moms that have to get their kids off to school and then they have to be home before school. So it's ten to one. The we're gonna do some networking amongst all of the women. There's gonna be real high powered real estate professionals in the room. So sharing of ideas, networking, um, if we want to sell properties, great. Uh, let's talk about how to be a really strong woman and um, live out kind of our fulfillment and our best lives. Do you have to be a realtor to go to this event? Yeah. So here's what I've learned. Um, yes. And here's why. I think we got to choose our lanes. 
in my opinion, I only really know real estate women. Like I understand the real estate woman. If I were to say I understand being a dentist, a woman dentist, I don't. So I'm staying with Arlene. Mm -hmm. Will that ever change? Maybe. Um, My hope, though, is that as the women that come, they will then take it back to their communities and do it amongst their sphere and have these events where they can then impact other women. Um, they can do whatever they want if they want to do it for you know young professionals, whatever. But then it's hopefully then going to just spread um, amongst you all too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the vision. I love that so much. So where do you go from here? Any big goals that you want to achieve? Well, yes, we always have very very big goals. Uh, so purchasing some investment properties. Um, expanding our wealth. Um, I'm meeting with our financial uh, advisor next week. Jim and I are meeting her, and it's woman. Um, and then I, yeah. So I, I have a, I have a vision of doing some things because of our uh, faith inside of churches in particular i find that sometimes women have a hard time fitting in there and they don't necessarily understand what their role might be in um in being you know salt and light to the earth so um developing something i've got something cooking for that so that's within that world and within our business we have some uh, we're opening up some different companies within our company everything has to benefit the agent so any of the um, organizations that we're starting is to benefit our agents and to help them build passive wealth. So I've probably built more wealth after having been in relationship with Jared um, in the last three and a half or four, three, three, three and a half, whatever, three years-ish, whatever, COVID, I don't know, um, than I have in like 25 years. So yeah. So doing that. That's awesome. And then my kids get married. So we have a wedding coming up this year. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's going to be fun. And grandbabies. We've got a grand dog. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's going to, her name's Mabel. Cute. And she's coming home this weekend. We get to go see her. Exciting. She's a Bernese mountain dog. Oh, my goodness. So cute. Their oh, tongues my word. are like your f- size of your face. Can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. No grandbabies right now. No. <laughs> but when they come, they'll be the best grandbabies in the entire world. That's right. <laughs> so before we end, anything yeah. you want to add? I'm, I feel like I've talked to your ears off. So no, I think, I think we're good. I am so sorry if we went too long. No, no. You can edit all this questions? out. You can edit out a bunch. No, we're keeping it all. <laughs> we're totally keeping it all. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Um, Jen Mains. Uh, at kw.com coach jen mains at gmail um women minnesota women of purpose on social media um i don't we have handles but i don't know what they are carissa knows what they are yes I, we'll link them all in okay. this episode too okay so. yep that's where you can find me all of, are all the you things. willing to coach anybody not a real estate agent aka me <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Yes, yes, with and I say that cautiously uh, because I'm not. We'd have to see. I don't know if I understand. No, I'm just messing with yeah, you. Yeah. No, you stick to your lane. I, I totally stick to my get lane. It. I just. But it is. It's so enticing because I think it is really hard. 
um, when you're more of an entrepreneur, not with Elaine, sort of. I mean, we have Elaine, right? But mm. you're um, a little free-floating. And so I think it's hard to find certain people that you relate to and um, just self-improvement, the way they talk. And it's, so it's exciting. It's fun to hear you talk about that. And it makes me think, like, I think it's time. It's time for me to go out and... I don't know. It's hard because it's like, do you find somebody or do you let them find you? How does it work? You know, like. Well, I would start. Um, so start with Chris. Yeah. Truthfully, Chris Plackey, P-L-A-C-H-Y. She talks about um, women entrepreneurs leadership. Uh, leadership is feminine. Start with that. Start. Here's what I want to tell you. Truthfully, what I heard is um, it seems as though there might be a gap in that lane. And maybe you're getting a shoulder tap that you might need to step up and fill up that gap. Oh, I just got goosebumps. So. I know. I was going to tell you that's even sitting down with somebody and just doing a business breakdown and yeah. finding your strengths and weaknesses. And yeah. Yeah. And we can do that. I mean, yeah. that doesn't have to necessarily, that doesn't turn into like a long-term coaching thing, but we can yeah. do that. And you, you may, um, not saying that you don't need to get a coach. Cause I think we all need coaches. I have like, I have a coach, I have a health coach. I have a spiritual coach. I have a business coach. Like I have coaches everywhere because we're disasters without them. And if you see a hole, if there's a hole in your lane of your industry, if it's something within the podcast world, if it's something else within building businesses, it you might you might be called to fill that hole. That's good. So I love that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, so don't ask because I'll be putting you. Well, you need to go do that then. Go <laughs> fill that hole. Suck You're going to be a buttercup. coach. <laughs> Push me off that cliff, please. <laughs> fly, Birdie, fly. Oh, that's funny. I might nosedive for a while. It's okay, we all do. But I'll get there eventually. Mm-hmm. We all do. Oh, yeah. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on. This was on. so fun. Yeah. Thank so you. Fun. And you just have, like, the best smile. Let's oh, have, like, the entire does. room, you guys. Like. Well, thanks for having me. Um, A couple books. So yes. I love books. Yes. Okay, Energy Bus. Got to read the Energy Bus. I don't, rem- I don't remember all the authors' names, but the Energy Bus, great book. The Go-Giver, that's Bob Berg. Go-Giver. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, Gordon. John Gordon is the energy bus. Go-Giver, it's one of my favorites. And it's Go-Giver sales, Go-Giver leadership, Go-Giver parenting. You can do it for anything. Um, Sales EQ, Grit by Aaron Duckworth. Mm -hmm. The Road Less Stupid, Cunningham, he wrote that. Anything written by Patrick Lencioni my favorite and I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right it might be Lynchy no I think you're okay. right um one of my favorite books that I just am finishing uh, I just finished a, well, a little bit ago um it's called Live Fearlessly it's by Jamie Winship highly recommend it talks about your um identity and your identity is not necessarily realtor mom wife um he talks about how his identity is he is a an untire of knots he was a police officer. Then he became a negotiator, uh, like a terrorist negotiator. Oh. Yeah. That sounds really good. He's a fascinating. And so um, I love those kinds of books. That's you right. also gave me Rocket Fuel. That's Rocket a- Fuel is huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge for anybody that's building a business. Mm-hmm. Rocket Fuel, of course, is, is phenomenal. The One Thing is a phenomenal book. Yes, that is a good one. Because um, it's one thing at a time. Um, oh, Give and Take. Give and Take by Adam Grant. It's really good. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Okay, then I'll stop. Thank you. I'm stopping. I'll keep going. I'm stopping. <laughs> Hit the stop button. We're done. We're signing off. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Twisted Sisters, everybody. Have a great week. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to the Twisted Sisters podcast. We'll now leave you with a little bit of wisdom from Allie and Samantha. Imperfection is beauty. Madness is genius. And it's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. Twisted Twisted sisters. sisters. We're all a little twisted.